Good to see you. I'm good to have you with us, Baruch Hashem. Thank you so much for joining. I see some uh, faces that uh, took some time for vacation that came back. Welcome back. Baruch Hashem. So, um, a lot of very major things are taking place in our days, and it's um, very weird even to discuss it because we are very innocent people who does not want to be involved in um, in all those um, like uh, catastrophes that are taking place in the world, evil and um, radical approaches and horrible behaviors and and like crazy movements that are causing horrible damage in the world are very foreign for us. Like it's, it's unaccepted. It's very weird. We're finding it very, very like complex to, to even to admit that it exists. Like we are barely able to understand how can it be that those things are happening in the world. Um, But there are like, there are very, very heavy things that are happening. And I, I would rather not to get into details because sometimes when you talk about some things, you wake up uh, like uh, fears and pressures and like uh, demons in the in the minds of of the people who listens, and they will become even more hysterical about it, even more afraid of it, and on. Even if you're gonna just try to comfort them, just the conversation about those things can wake up some like deep fears from within so i will talk about those things in general just to explain what we need to do because we must do something so the topics that i'm talking about them are not really important because what that is important is how to deal with them so the fact that one of us heard about one thing and the other one heard about another that is already showing to us that the main thing is not what that goes on, is just how to deal with it. And the way to deal with the issues and the problems and the and the, the conspiracies and the, the, the fears, the threats, the ways to take care of ourselves and to see what to do is similar in all situations, in all those cases. So mainly, and this is the most important thing to say, we need to strengthen ourselves in Hashem. It's written about King David that in the hardest time, he said to himself right before he gave up and fell to complete despair, it's written, David strengthened himself with Hashem, his God. He reminded himself that Hashem is running the world. That was the way that David, when he was like totally alone, chased from all directions, he strengthened himself that Hashem is his God. Like that's the only thing that he was left with. But he found it as a jumping board, as a ladder to climb on, and not as a lacking of being empty from all the rest. He was chased away, rejected from his family. He was beaten. He was hurt. He was ashamed. He was isolated. He was threatened to die, and on and on and on. He was almost killed so many times, ran to the desert, was betrayed by his own men, by his own soldiers, by his own family. His wife, he was like mocking him and disrespecting him greatly. And his children were, not all of them were were righteous and pure and right. He had a son that killed another son after raping another sister in their family. He had a son that wanted to kill him, that tried to kill him and on, that was killed in the end by one of, King David's men, by one of his officers, his soldiers. Very miserable life, very harsh situations. And 
the kingship was like always on risk and the sages of his generation like not the sages the scholars of his generation were all the time all the time doing things behind his back and always plotting and always trying to like push him off his throne and to take the kingship elsewhere and he was always running to Hashem so in that moment that his army 400 heroes of King David they were in the desert after running away from the kingship from Yehuda from Yerushalayim they ran to the Judah desert to Midbar Yehuda and there were 400 men with him soldiers that all of them were like bitter people broken people like the people that he gathered in the desert like all those homelesses that he was able to gather and built an army that's the army of King David and those broken ones went with him for a certain war to a certain fight and when they came back they saw that the Amalek Amalekites they attacked their camp and kidnapped their wives and children and took everything from them like the soldiers are going to fight for David with David for David and when they came back to their camp like to their home now they found it empty <laughs> they found it uh, violated that the wives and children been taken in captivity in prison and they were so upset that they uh, their rage was towards King David like, because on him they were counting they fought for him they were going to his battles to his wars and now everything was taken away from them they were not able to stand that and they wanted to to hurt David David so David that was left so alone like he, I can just imagine to myself how hurt he was even from Hashem like even like cannot understand Hashem like Hashem what are you doing like I'm, my wars are your wars like I'm fighting for you King David didn't go fight his neighbors like he didn't go like fight with these like a different party like King David was fighting Milchamot Hashem, the wars of Hashem. He was doing things for Hashem's name, only, only wars of mitzvah, only Milchamot mitzvah. But then when he came back, Sunday sees that they were defeated. Even if they won the war, they won the battle, they came back home, there's no home. They were like defeated by Hashem himself, allowed the Amalekites to take their wives and children away from them. But David strengthened himself to remember that Hashem is his God. All this concept of finding yourself alone against a whole world that is dark around you, that the sun is setting in the noontime, that like banks are collapsing, that like people are losing their like life savings and that Plagues are threatening us, states are threatening us, the news are, are threatening us, wars, World War III, like people are talking about, and like everything is like, um, might be, like everything is a, is a risk, like really, what's, what? and if I will left with no money, and if they're going to be a nuclear war, and if they're going to be no more money, and if they're going to be another plague, and if they're going to like, those are real threats on the lives of a person. So the person finds himself alone, naked, like completely exposed to threats that are surrounding him. And one is afraid of that, and one is afraid of that, and one really feels threatened by that. Like everyone with his structure, with his emotional and environment threat. So the solution is equal, though, to all those cases, to strengthen ourselves that Hashem is our God. And now what does it mean? Just to remember that there is a God is not enough. Complete faith in Hashem, and this is why I'm always very careful not to say God, because God, 
<laughs> God is uh, like whatever you want to say, like yeah, God. Everyone can can take that translated word and play with it to to his song. And you can talk about God, and he will say, "Oh yeah, so you do believe in Jesus?" Like, no, I I haven't said Jesus. No, but Jesus. Like everyone can say whatever they want. So I go, "Oh, so you also believe in this? You also believe in that?" No, I was not. I get. So this is why it's important to say Hashem. And when we say Hashem, it's very clear that we're talking about Adonai. Elohei Israel, Hashem that is the king and God of the people of Israel, the one who chose the people of Israel for a certain role, for a certain mission. In him we believe. This is our God. So Hashem means the name that is written with the four letters Yud and Hey and Vav and Hey. That is the name of Hashem that we are not allowed to express in the way that it's being written we're just saying the name the word Hashem means the name we're honoring the name of the God that we believe in him as the true God by calling him the name without mentioning his holy name because we are under that prohibition of mentioning and calling his name in vain and a person is not careful enough and not clean and pure enough not to call the name in vain, not to call the name with a lacking. So therefore we are super careful about it and not mentioning it even in mistake. Watching ourselves very much and saying the name, not even coming close to say the name. The name, it's very respectful, it's very honorable, that is the right way to call Hashem. So when we say Hashem, we mean Yud Ke Vav Ke, the four letters of Yud and He and Vav and He. Now those four letters are the whole structure of the world. And now I'm going to explain to you something very spiritual about the name of Hashem, and then you will understand it. You're going to understand a lot about the meaning of who Hashem really is for us. So the first letter of the name of Hashem is Yud. Yud is like a dot. The normal value of the letter Yud is 10. This is the 10th letter in the Hebrew alphabet. Aleph, Bet, Gimel, Dalet, Hey, Vav, Zayn, Chet, Tet, Yud. Yud is the 10th letter. Now the letter Yud looks like that tiny pinky. It's a point. It's a dot. It's the tiniest letter of them all. Now, by the halacha, by the Jewish rule, if a drop of ink fell on the scroll of a Sefer Torah in a circle, just a tiny dot, it's already a kosher yud. So the minimum means, the beginning means, the way that yud is being written in its root, in its essence, is as a circle. Now, when you want to write any other letter, like Bet, Gimel, Dalet, Hey, Va, all the letters, you're going to put your pen and going to create a dot that that is actually a Yud. And then you're going to draw that ink and paint the other letter that you want. So all the rivers are being pulled out from the sea. So that sea is the sea of wisdom. That is the spring that reveals all the rest of the wisdoms. They're all coming out, drawn out from the spring. So Yud is the spring. Yud is the wisdom. Ten is the perfection of all. This is why we have ten sfirot. Ten sfirot are ten parts that by describing the whole, the shalem, the complete in 10 parts, we can describe it in perfection. Those 10 parts, the 10 sfirot, are not divided. Just it's like 10 essays, 10 paragraphs to explain the commandment, the perfection, like the 10 commandments. 
they are together the holy tablets. And the tablets is the Torah. Those dividings are only for us to grasp, to have the capability to understand the completion and perfection of, of the one. But they're not divided, the ten spherot. So the yud is the spring itself. Now the spring, the yud, is moving to the yud k, to the next letter. It's the letter hey. Now the letter hey is built from two lines. You have one, like that, like that, and one in the bottom. It's like that. That's how you draw, and that's how you write the letter hey. Now, the yud is giving its power to the next dividing, means that the yud started the wisdom to is the source where the wisdom revealed and where it's the starting to divide yud and then the letter hey letter hey is two already it's the way that the one wisdom is separating into two rivers into two lanes like that we know that the river that came out of the garden of eden spread into four main rivers. And those four main rivers spread to more and more and more branches and branches and branches. That is the way that the wisdom goes on. Now, the Yud and the He are still over there in heaven. They're very holy. And therefore we have the letter Vav, Yud, and then He, and then Vav. Vav is like a hook. Vav is like a staff. That with a staff, with a hook, you're pulling something. You're grabbing something. You're fishing. You're bringing something from point A to point B. So Vav, the third letter, is the connecting letter between Yud K to K, to the last He. Yud is the source, and then it creates the letter He, the first dividing. And then all of that movement, all that spirituality, all that light is being drawn by the letter Vav to this world, to our world. That is the next letter He. The next letter He is again the letter that is built out of two, means again an expression of dividings. But now, in the physical realm, in our world. So we are actually enjoying only the last hey. But we know that it's coming from the source of wisdom. So the name of Hashem is actually an expression of the unconditional love, of the source of all goodness. This is the name of Hashem. So when we are saying to ourselves that we believe and strengthening ourselves in Hashem, Elokei Israel, in Hashem, that Hashem is our God, we are reminding ourselves that all the consequences, all the outcomes, all what we are experiencing in this lifetime came to us from Hashem. All the supervision of our life is supervised by the maker of the universe. Nothing is random. Nothing came accidentally into our lives. Everything has been put into our lives specifically with the right intention of the maker of the universe for a purpose, for a reason, for a lesson. And it's sometimes the hardest thing of them all to think like, why? The one that loves me, the one that's supposed to love me, takes me through such hard and harsh lessons. Why do I need to go through those like horrible, horrible constrictions? Why do I need to face such crazy fears? When you are, your soul is gaining eternal connection to infinity in ways that only individuals will ever experience. For an example, 
I can tell you that for a very long time, for more than two years, people in the world were pushing everyone else to take vaccines for COVID-19. There was a very strong movement of fear from that plague of COVID, coronavirus. And the world offered us to take vaccines. And they told us that that is the only solution and that everyone must vaccinate and that it, and it became mandatory, that it became a rule. Like the governments were forcing people and the news and social media and politicians and all friends and family members were pushing all of us to take vaccines. Like it was, it was a must. You were not able to function if you wouldn't take the vaccines. You couldn't go to the cinema. You couldn't enter restaurants. You would have to quit your job or to work from home. Like there were many, 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 many reasons for people to take the vaccines, even if they wouldn't, even if they didn't believe in the truth of the vaccine, in the power of the vaccination to heal or to protect them from the virus. So, and now we are hearing about so many, so many, so many situations and so many cases of people that their health has been damaged by those vaccines. Now, not everyone, not everyone that took the vaccine now is sick, no, God forbid. But we are also seeing and hearing a lot of opinions and a lot of evidence for that, that those vaccines were not completely checked and not completely tested before were given to us. Now, the majority of the population of the world took the vaccines, of the Western culture at least, they took the vaccines. The minority refused to take it. It means something. It means something about the majority and it means something about the minority. There is a certain character to those and there is a certain character to those. Now, I am not judging. I don't think that one that was not able to stand in the pressure is not as good as the one that was standing the pressure. I think that there are many crazy people who are refusing to take the vaccines because they're crazy and not because that they're normal. I think that there are many crazy people in the world. Some of them took the vaccine. Some of them did not take the vaccine. You're not sane because you took or you didn't. And I will not expose my honest and humble opinion. I'm just saying that the truth is that people are different. And people must look at themselves with honest eyes and to look deep into themselves and to realize in times of pressure, in time that the world is pushing towards a certain direction, only your truth will stand for you to be able to stand in that battle. If you're not a person of truth, you will fail in the time of test. So the thing that you need to work on is your honesty, is your truthfulness, is your loyalty, is to check what are your true motives are, what are your real intentions, where, what, are, what is your approach, where are you coming from? And then if you're gonna correct that, in any scenario, you will succeed. In any situation, you will pass. And if you're a great hero, your intentions are like really good, you'll be able to carry more people with you along that route of success and salvation. Because the world needs a salvation. The world is in a catastrophe in so many ways. You have people that are pushing to bring nuclear war. You have people that that is their desire. They want a war. 
You have people who wants people to crash. You have people in high places that wants the world to, to collapse. They want to build a new world order. And this is a scam that the world is still not ready to talk about. You have people that are looking at the world as a, a monopoly game. They're thinking about how to redivide the countries and how to control the populations and how to move people from the right to the left. And it's sick. And it's sick. But you have those sick people in the world. So what are you going to do? You are just a clerk in a bank. You're just a, an, an officer in some community. You're just like a, um, um, a simple employee or, or a veteran somewhere in, in the US. Like, what are you going to do against those like, big things that are happening in the world? You're going to remind yourself that really Hashem runs the world and not people not Amalek, and not Esav, and not Ishmael, and not Nimrod, and not Bil'am, and not Yerovam ben Nevat, and not any of those villains, and not the modern ones. They're not running the world. Just that when the light is covered, and it's dark outside, all those shady figures are coming from the depths and showing as if they have power because they're using fallen sparks, fallen energies that spread around because of sins, because of violations, because of broken vessels who spilt enormous amounts of light. And they're using that, but their energy and power is temporary. They're just forcing those powers to their direction, manipulating those powers to their purposes, but it's temporary because when the moment will come, the Messiah, like the cuckoo bird, will whistle. He will call all the birds. The cuckoo bird has that nature that it goes and lays her egg in other birds' nests. She doesn't have a nest of its own. And then one day she's flying in between the trees and calling and calling. And all the babies, all the chicks that were born in different nests, suddenly they hear a voice that calls them from within the inner voice of the real mother and not of that one that was raising them. Many of us are growing or grew in houses, looking at our parents, wanting to respect them, doing the best we can to respect them, but in so many ways don't really feel so related to them. Now, it can be something that you can work on to be more respectful, more honoring, more nice, more tolerant to your environment and especially your parents. But in some ways, your ways are contradicting theirs. Sometimes the parents wants to stay in the past and they don't want to grow and they don't want to develop into that spirituality that is taking place, into the truth that is calling and sometimes even knocking at our windows, breaking our doors, like grabbing our faces and forcing us to stare. Look, hey, man, there's truth. I grew up in a house that uh, both of my parents, that I can have a gigantic place in my heart for them, were not a great role model for me to be educated by them with all the respect to them can be nice people, can be accepted and loved by people around them, but not real truth seekers. Not to put no shame, God forbid, on my parents, but never really supported a path of the individual who is searching for truth. I didn't search for religion. I didn't search for 
life of, uh, of, of being part of anything foreign. I just looked for the truth, but it was not accepted and it's still not accepted. And it's getting weirder and weirder. And let's not get into details, but it's getting weirder and weirder, definitely. And I'm sure that many of you guys are experiencing the same thing in your own houses. Now, it doesn't say anything bad about them and it doesn't say anything bad about you. It just says that it might be that the root of your soul is not only connected to your family. It might be that a certain spiritual connection of yours is receiving its light from a different source, like from your rabbi, like from your community, or from some books that you're reading right now, that they are the source of inspiration for you right now. And you cannot deny that. Maybe to do Hidbodedut now, to attach yourself to Rabbi Nachon of Westlev or to some other righteous person is the source of your life right now. And you cannot erase it. You should not deny it because your father wants you to be Yemenite or Sephardic or Moroccan or Ashkenaz or like whatever, Hasidish or, or, or Litvish or secular to the matter of this conversation. You must be loyal to the inner voice of your heart. So when you do so, you become foreign to your siblings. You become weird to your parents and they will reject you. They will not let you in into those inner circles of your old family. You just not belong there anymore. It's as if you betrayed their trust while only trying to bring faith and truth and honesty and loyalty into the circles of this poor family. So you're on a mission and we're on a mission. And like that we said before, the whole world around you can be foreign. This is why Avraham is called Avraham Ha'ivri. The word Ivri is coming from the root of the word Ever. Ever means side. So Avraham Ha'ivri is Avraham that stand on one side because all the world was standing on the other side and he chose to move to the other side. Avraham Ha'ivri, he passed to another side. That's what he did. All the world were worshiping idols in his generation, everyone else but him, only him. He was the only one. When he saw the sun, he said, oh man, for sure that is God. And then he saw the sun was setting in the West and the moon is shining the night. He said, okay, probably that is God. <laughs> that God just conquered the other God. So he is the stronger one. And then the morning came and the sun came back again. So he realized there is someone that moves them both. And then he started to scream and call the maker. He said, like, reveal yourself to me. Like, where are you hiding? And that's what I'm telling you. And I don't know how more should I scream and how many more times I will have to say that, that my heart is like, full of, of pain and already squeezed from tears and, and effort and screaming and begging to Hashem for you to understand. We're not here to be religious. We're not here to perform some old customs. And even though that we are loyal to them, we are following all the customs. We're putting tefillin, we're keeping Shabbat, we're eating kosher wearing tzitzit, doing everything that is needed and being asked by us. You know, it's not because that's my best haircut. It's because that's the, oh, actually it is my best haircut. But that was not the ideal reason why I cut my hair that way when I was in my early 20s. Against the will of my wife, not to talk about my parents but went all the way to search for the truth. Now, the reason that the religion itself is not enough, not that it's not enough, we are not able to access the truth that is treasured within the Torah by connecting ourselves to the Torah only from its physical written side, from the written Torah side. 
We must connect through the oral Torah, through the spiritual side of the Torah, from the white fire of the Torah, from the inner Torah that comes out from within our souls. We must have an inner connection to the Torah. That's why the religion means the written obligations are not enough for us because we must look for the intention of how to keep it, of how to attach ourselves to it. Who am I in all that process? Where am I holding in that learning? What am I able to keep right now? What does Hashem want for me as a person, as an individual, in my reality, in my, in my, in my environment, in my condition? So the truth is that the person must attach himself to his soul. And that is the main search in our days, to know the truth about yourself. And when you do that, suddenly you find Hashem within you. Your prayers are not as they were before. You're talking and you are being answered while you speak. When you have a true inner conversation with the maker of the universe alone in a quiet place that is called Hidbodedut, and by the way, we're now launching the great course on Hidbodedut, and I put a lot of time and a lot of prayers and a lot of thinking about how to bring down this great, great course, this, this tons of information about it Bodhidut, and i recommend it with all my heart to sign up and to enjoy that course and you'll be able to be exposed and to explore the concept of it Bodhidut, the individual prayer in such depth that you'll be pushed out to the fields to talk you you won't be able to stop yourself from pouring your heart in front of hashem and your prayers shall be answered. You will find those prayers to be more powerful than prayers in the past because you're going to pray from a place of awareness, of connection. You will talk and you will feel Hashem inside your words. You will feel that Hashem is putting the words into your mouths. Like we say, Hashem, Hashem, open my lips and my mouth will praise you. When the master of prayer praying, Hashem is putting the words into his mouth. All his prayers are in the aspect of divine spirit, of Ruach HaKodesh. His words are the words of Hashem. My prayer is to you. And it's the time of will, the will of Hashem. Means that when you stand and you pray to Hashem, that's et ratzon. That's the time of greatest will of Hashem. And it can be any time. It's in the time that you stand and pray to Hashem. Praying to you. We say, To your salvation we're waiting Hashem. What does it mean to your salvation? To whose salvation? To my salvation? That Hashem will save me? That's not the way you should write those words in the verse. To your salvation means to your salvation. We're saying, To your salvation we're waiting all day long. All day long. What, what does it mean? Does it mean that we're waiting that Hashem will save us? No. You could say, we're waiting you to save us. Please save us, Hashem. But we're saying, to your salvation. We're waiting for Hashem's salvation. We need to pray for Hashem. Not that Hashem will save us. That will be the outcome. We need to help Hashem to come out of His hidden places. Hashem is hiding His light from us. And we are here to uncover him. We are here to give him a hand and to help him out of his darkness. As weird as it sounds, as contradicting the old methods that you heard and, and, and been taught. 
that you are a sinner and that you need to atone and that your sins caused that to happen and the exile is because of you and you're the reason of all pain and sorrow and grief and on. Sorry. That's not my life's journey's conclusion after more than 20 years of seeking the truth with all my heart, after rising to very high spiritual levels in my journey, after being exposed to many ancient wisdoms in many forms and many ways, and some of them that even prophets and, and real, real righteous people will not be ashamed to, to, to brag, to praise themselves with, to share. I never saw supervision of the maker of the universe on my life that was not only wrapped with mercy, love, and kindness. I never saw judgments. I saw judgments in the world, but I never even once felt punished. Never even once. I felt pain. My negative thoughts told me that those pains were or might be punishments, judgments, but I never felt that it was a language that the maker of the universe was talking to me through to educate me and to heal me. Never. Not in my life experience. What that I was experiencing clearly was closeness, communication, hints, signs, amazing supervisions, mind reading, amazing times that I was hoping for something and just came into my life in an unexpected way. Only kindness was the way that Hashem revealed Himself to me, always. And when I was not able to see Hashem, I felt many, many kinds of pain, sorrow, stress, and distress. But when I was facing Hashem, I only felt His love. I only felt His truth. I only felt Him patient with me and bringing me closer and supporting my destiny and helping me to make another step and stabilizing me for the next round and preparing me for the upcoming news, always helping me, always telling me one day at a time, always telling me you already been through many wars in your life. You're gonna survive that one as well. Don't be scared. Don't be afraid. I'm here. I heard you. I always with you. I'm always here with you. That was the supervision that I felt by the maker of the universe. So when a person is coming to talk to the maker with that understanding that the maker is the one and only the source of love and stability, life source of this world, the engine that runs all the circles, it's the time for us to pray for the complete redemption. And not just to wait for the redeemer to redeem us. We need to redeem the redeemer. We don't care what we need to do. If there's no one to do the job, you should do the job. If suddenly you're going to hear, okay, someone else took the crown, someone else is the king, okay, let him rule. If he's the real king, let him rule. Who cares about the, the, the honor? Who cares about the glory? Who cares about the fame? The only thing that we care for is Hashem's salvation that Hashem's name won't be hidden anymore, that liars and fakers won't be able to pretend to be the source of light or the source of power in Hashem's world. It's like you see the house of your best friend being abused, robbed, controlled by foreign people. And the homeowner is in the streets rolling, homeless, neglected, forgotten, barefoot, disgraced. How can we let Hashem roll in the streets? 
How can we let the children of Israel be so abused and so hurt and so humiliated? How can we let the Torah roll in the streets, in the mud, in the filthy alleys, in such foreign ways, to be violated in so many horrible ways? Where is our strength? Where is our power? We must stand up for the truth and to be the real defenders of the crown, defenders of the truth, defenders of Israel, defenders of the people of Israel, defenders of Hashem's name, of Hashem's greatness, and how you can do it just by being honest and truthful and loyal for all those foundations of, of the Torah, of the truth. Torah emet, Torah of truth, he gave us. To be loyal to Moshe, to be loyal to the prophets, to be loyal to the homeland of Israel. Do you know, do you know how filthy is the scam that people are claiming custody for our state, for the place, for the homeland of the, of the Jewish people? You cannot even understand which, which filthy anti-Semite organizations are standing behind this propaganda, pushing the opinion of the world to think that there is a Palestinian nation, that Palestinians are being depressed and conquered and being ruled by an army in Israel. It's a worldwide scam that billions of dollars, billions of, 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 of euros are being invested for the world news to expose lies and to reveal fake news and to create fake news and to silence the truth and to block the light in any possible way and to create a negative world opinion against the people of Israel, like the prophets already warned us and prepared us, that in Judgment Day, before the Redeemer will come, we're going to face 70 nations that are all standing against us. In the United Nations, you can see that happens on a daily basis, getting stronger and stronger against us, as if we... While over 100,000 people every year being kidnapped in China by the Chinese government, while in Iran and Iraq people are being slaughtered, especially in Iran, people are being slaughtered in the streets for no reason, just for wanting to be free people. While we are supporting all people from all kinds in Israel, when gay relationship is forbidden in all uh, Arab countries, and we are being judged for our lack of morality when we are the most kind and nice country in the world. We are like, we're so, we are, we're even stupid. We sold our own principles to, to, to never step on no one else's shoes. And we're not even realizing what the world is doing and how much they're trying to ruin our names and to create negative world opinion against us. But, we're strengthening ourselves with the fact that Hashem, He is our God, and in Him we trust, and to Him we pray. And for his salvation, we're waiting all day long that the whole world will know him and his greatness and his kingship. And that the light will shine. And the full responsibility for the success of this operation is on each and every single one of us. Everyone should do the maximum he can to bring the salvation in prayers, in learning, in teaching, in working, in distributing the light, 
in learning for yourself how to fix your faith and stabilize it and to share the knowledge that you purchased with others as much as you can to expand the circles of light that the whole world will enjoy Hashem's greatness and kindness. In our days, amen. Thank you. Questions and answers day. Nice. Someone wants to ask something? Okay, I'll go for it. Okay. Um, thank you for your class. Uh, so I was listening to a shiur of yours this morning, actually. I heard uh, something that you taught that I've heard you say before. Um, I think I maybe I'm misquoting, but you said like you don't care about yourself. You only want to do what's right. You only want to give and help other people, and do as much as you can and run here and run there and like without like thinking about yourself at all. Um, what I've learned like throughout my life was if I if you really want to give the best to whoever you want to help, you know, you have to first take care of yourself. Because if I don't have happiness, how can I make someone else happy? You know, if I don't have money, how can I give tzedakah? If I don't have my own connection to Hashem, how can I help other people be connected to Hashem? You know, so... When you get the $100 bill, how much time you need to hold it in your hand for it to be called yours before you give it to someone else? Zero. If you just got it, it's yours. Now you hand it to someone else, you gave it. So as a channel, as a pipe, and not as a vessel, you can transfer light as well. And you're going to enjoy it as well. You understand? It, it doesn't have to be 100% without putting anything into your mouth. Right. But even what you put into your mouth that is transforms into energy, you mm -hmm. can channel into different actions. For sure. $100 can buy food and shirt. And then you can wear that shirt and go give a class or use the energy that you received from the food and go handle someone that needs a hand. And it's okay also to go and work for your living and then out of your apartment that you rented in thousands of dollars to host people for Shabbat and to go out to work every morning. And like, it's, it's, it's just in your mind, you need to be dedicated to a higher purpose than feeding yourself. The, the, the matter is only tuning your mind in intention to what your life purpose is. That's the only difference. We're eating the same amount, probably. It's For just, sure. The intention depends what your intentions are. You understand? We both sleep on one bed, eating one dish of food, drinking one cup of liquid. Like you, you cannot do more. You cannot like because you're wealthy, you're gonna sleep in two beds. No, person goes to sleep in a bed. He eats a steak, a, a, a potato. Like you, you eat the food that your body can consume. It's like there are no real differences between people except from in the radical sign, like in the edges. But when people are just like living their lives, it's only about the only difference is the intention of the heart. If you're channeling all the bounty that you receive towards others, or that you are still like in a position of I must receive. When you must receive, it means you're hungry. When you're hungry, it means that you are not receiving in perfection from Hashem. Because if you would receive in perfection from Hashem, you would be always happy, with or without, hungry or, or satisfied or full. 
I hear that. I just think like, like, wouldn't you give a better version of yourself to whoever you want to give to if you take care of yourself, if you exercise, if you eat right, if you, whatever you have to do, like you're gonna be a sharper, greater no, version of yourself. I, you're gonna be able I, to give more. I don't think that in my speech that you heard, I, I, I said not to do these kind no. of things. Never. No, definitely. One you time didn't I, say that, but. I, so I do think that you should definitely take care of yourself, definitely, for you to have the power and energy and, and balance to go and, and heal the world. Once I met the Biale Rebbe in one of our amazing meetings, and he told me, I don't understand you. I told him why. And he said, because you are giving to 360 degrees. You're all giving. You're giving. You're not receiving anything from your, for yourself. He said it to me. I didn't say it to him. I didn't came and whine. Oh, I'm just giving, giving. No, I came to tell him, why aren't you giving? <laughs> so he told me, I don't understand how you're holding on. He said, if I'm not learning four hours Gemara a day, I'm losing my balance. He said that to me. And I told him, I, if I would have those four hours, I would definitely teach in those four hours. I wouldn't learn. But you I had to learn teach. first to be able to teach, yeah. right? Yeah, definitely. But trust me, you know why they kicked me from the shiva where I learned for 12 years? There was like one main reason. You know why? Mm. Because the class that I was giving created a tale. What does it mean that when I was leaving my room, there was a tale of students that were walking behind me to ask me questions. <laughs> and I created an inconvenient to that place that already had the chief rabbi. And when they saw that I am going out of hand, so they uh, not so politely showed me the door when the class was not enough and we were talking about taking the whole floor, they explained to us that we probably gonna have to go to the basement or something out of the yeshiva. In the beginning, when I was sitting and learning a Gemara class, I was translating the Gemara in Hebrew to English to one person, by the way, named David. And I was translating that class to him to English, he was a Canadian Olechadash, and I was translating the class to him, and everyone was shushing me, like I was, I was like, um, I was uh, noisy. I was translating the class because he couldn't hear a word, he couldn't understand the word, so I was translating. And then, like when another person saw that, like there is a translator in, like so, there were two people sitting and coming on daily basis to hear my broken Hebrew translation to English, my broken English translation. But like, that's how it developed and that's how we grow. And then there were three and five and seven and then they put us in a certain place that was like just for us and I was translating more classes and more classes. And then I got a class and I started giving classes. And when that class was like packed with 30 people that would come to hear my Likutesh Shi'ur on daily basis. Like they would come from Mir, from, from, from other yeshiva, something, Israel, I don't know what, something. And like uh, all those American people would come to hear my class and the class was packed. So like I, uh, I had to be kicked out. <laughs> so Hashem. and now you're gonna have thousands of people in the world that will hear that lesson so even when they kick you they kick you to your own spot they kick you home they don't even realize what they're doing but uh, they're losing the treasure and uh, and you're being cleaned from the coverings and the husks that were surrounding you first Thank you, David. Definitely must do the best that we can for ourselves for us to be able to function and work in, in higher levels with better skills. How will you teach if you're not 
if you haven't been taught you you must learn for you to be able to teach but your intention while learning is that for you to be able to teach thank you Yofi, very good. Thank you so much. May Hashem bless everyone with great happiness and great salvations. Tomorrow, Bezrat Hashem, we're going to have another wonderful class one hour later. And um, we're going to read some hidden, mysterious, ancient scripts. I promise to you great knowledge tomorrow to be exposed and revealed. And Bezrat Hashem, on Tuesday, we're going to have our wonderful, great conversation and with Ira Michelson and Rod Bryant, the broadcast that we're very, very happy to have on Tuesdays. May Hashem answer our prayers and allow us to, to come closer to Him with truth and to find the inner truth that is right under our noses. It's not above the sky or across the seven seas. No, no, it's in your mouth and it's in your heart. It's just so close to you. Words of truth will bring Hashem to you. So may Hashem answer all our prayers in no time. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you, Rav. Thank you, Rav. Thank you, Rav.